Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello. You can cause whatever you want, but that technically that's one name. Takeys are coming out to catch some oysters. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I tell you what, will we come on board and we'll ask you a couple of questions and right, come on. you can tell us about the oysters you've got there and stuff. Right. Does he need a hand in with No. Hello and welcome to Scran, the podcast dedicated to the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and on this episode, we headed west for a very important day in the seafood calendar. Producer Kelly, videographer Craig and I boarded the Vital Spark with fishermen Rab Lamont and John Millis. We sailed out onto Loch Ryan on the 1st of September to catch oysters on the first day of the new season. Rab, who's been catching oysters on the loch for 18 years, filled us in on what his day looks like whilst the season is on, how they choose the oysters and what happens to those that don't make the cut. Yes, we only take out maybe 5% of what we catch, so that's the, the regeneration project. We put everything that's too small back in and you come back later on in life and you get them in a size. Alan Jenkins from the Stranraer Development Trust also joined us on the boat to talk to us about the upcoming Oyster Festival, which takes place from the 15th to the 17th of September. This relatively young festival has been going from strength to strength and expands further this year, as you'll hear from Alan. I am a member of the community informed the Development Trust Chairman Romano Petrucci of the unique heritage in, in Loch Ryan, which is that it's the, the last remaining wild and native oyster bed. Romano did a bit of digging and, and decided that it was a, a kind of USP for the town that we could we could do some sort of celebration and, and try and attract more people and give the, the town a bigger platform. the Vital Spark in Stranar with Rab. Hi Rab. Alright. Good jet. So we are going to go out with you to harvest some oysters. We're going out to catch some oysters today. So we're working for our money. Yeah, we're working for your wages today. <laughs> um, so we're standing here on the boat. We've got two big um, kind of baskets of oysters in front of us because you've been out this morning because it's yeah. the first of the season, yeah? Start the season, first of September. Only allowed to sell them once we're in Aaron. But these are going down to London, so you can tell go, us a bit about... They go down to London on a lorry to, for our Boston and London to put them into a tank because they need kind of purified for 24 hours just to make sure there's no grit or anything in them and then he sells them off of there. 
and the rest you were saying are going to a restoration project. A restoration project, Portsmouth somewhere, I think. Because these are Loch Ryan oysters and they're the only native oysters The only native eating. oyster bed left in Britain. And how long have you been doing this for? 18 years. Um, and so how do you catch them? We've got a dredge that we tow behind us on a wire, probably for seven, eight minutes. And then we just pull, pull it in, we empty it onto the table. But we only take it the correct size for London. London pay top money, so you've got to get them. It comes, goes by weight, so every oyster in their baskets is between like 80 and 120 grams. Because that's what they want. They want half. It looks better on a plate if they are look reasonably the same. No identical, but reasonably the same. And then the rest, we only take out maybe 5% of what we catch. So that's the, the regeneration project. We put everything that's too small back in, and you come back later on in life and you get them in their size. And do you ever catch anything else? Yeah. When the dredge is coming along the seabed, oysters don't move. So when you're dredging, anything that can move clears off out the road. All we get oysters and bits of weed and things like that. Anything that can move. How often do you go out and how long does the season last for? Between seven and eight hours a day. And the season lasts from the 1st of September to the end of April. They sell them in London right up to the end of April. And then that's us. Good holidays like a teacher. Three months off in the summer. <laughs> so if you see oysters, so you should only really be eating oysters in the season then? In season, aye, aye. It's to save them because if no human nature, people's greedy, you would fish them all year round. They, they breed in the summer. So if you let them alone in the summer to breed, you got a better chance of getting mere oysters in the end. But that's a European law, you see. But it's a good law. If no, people would just keep going till there's nine left. How does it feel to be doing a job that no one else in Britain is doing? On a nice day, it's a great job. On a horrible day, it's the worst job in the world. We just keep going. As long as London want them, we fish them. I mean, obviously, like, the COVID and all that is stopped. We just shut down. Because you need the restaurants. It's no something... People don't order them for him. If you want oysters, you can enter a restaurant or an oyster bar to get them. It's not something you get sent to your house and you eat a couple. But they're good for you. Would the oysters have benefited from missing a season or two because of COVID? You'll know, because it's a big, vast area with fishing, you'll not really know for a few years until you've gone into bits. Because we've got a computer in there that shows us while we're fishing and while we relay. So you would just kind of move in a vast area, so you'll not kind of know. It probably, it's definitely not done any harm. And so will there be more of them or will they be bigger? A bit of both, because the ones that's too big, we keep them in the lock anyway. I mean, they could be the ones that's breeding, we don't know. Scientists will tell you they breed at a certain age and then another scientist will tell you, no, they definitely breed when they're older, so nobody knows. So if you put everything back that we're not taking it for London, it gives you a better chance of getting made of a sparkfall every year. Let's go and get some oysters. <laughs> hey, John, let's go. Right, we'll get the oars out, you can start rowing. <laughs> How long does it take us to get to the bed then? Half an hour, 25 minutes. Half an hour. We sailed out onto the loch with the wind in our hair, but thankfully no rain. When we reached the oyster bed, Rab explained the process for catching them. We're putting the dreads in the water on it, and then we'll tow down for six or eight minutes and see what we can. We've got a, a wire for the boat to the dredge, so we'll just pull away from it and then tow it behind us for 300 yards or something, 200 yards, and then lift it and see what's in it. While the dredge was doing its thing, we had a chat with Alan Jenkins about the upcoming Oyster Festival. 
I'm now joined by Alan Jenkins from the Stranara Development Trust. Uh, we're still on the Vital Spark waiting to um, harvest some oysters, but we're just going to talk a little bit now about the Stranara Oyster Festival, which is coming up. So, Alan, what can you tell us about the Stranara Oyster Festival? So, the festival is now entering its fifth year. It's grown year on year, uh, both in visitor numbers and the wider economic impact that it makes to the town of Stranara and wider area. A fantastic three-day weekend of uh, family fun entertainment, celebrating obviously Lacrying Oysters and it's a, a wonderful, wonderful event and I encourage, encourage as many people to, to come and visit as possible. And what kind of things can people expect? So I know you've got some kind of chef demonstrations and that type of thing. Yeah, so on our site we play host to four themed marquees. So we have a, a market marquee we have, where we have traders from all over the region and, 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 and Scotland uh, selling arts, craft, food, drink, etc. Then we have our kitchen marquee where we have our theatre kitchen and we have our celebrity chefs and, of course, our local chefs uh, putting on some fantastic cooking demonstrations. We also have a, a, a number of unique events and audience with type events, which is a bit more of a Q&A with Prosecco and canapes and, and it's always well received by the Visitors. We have a kids entertainment marquee, we have a, a wide range of kids entertainment, all free of charge for the kids that visit the festival and we also utilise this natural asset of Lacrine so to have some water sports and then our entertainment marquee plays host to a number of live bands, a licensed bar, people will be pleased to know, uh, an oyster and prosecco cafe type area and also the Scottish Oyster Shopping Championship so lots going on, lots for people to enjoy and yeah we're hoping for another successful event. So how long has it been going and how and why did it start? So it started uh, with a chance conversation by a member of the community uh, who informed the Development Trust Chairman Romano Petrucci of the unique heritage in, in Loch Ryan which is that it's the, the last remaining wild and native oyster bed. Romano did a bit of digging and, and decided that it was a, a kind of USP for the town that we could we could do some sort of celebration and, and try and attract more people and give the, the town a bigger platform. It's grown from 2017 where we welcomed 10,000 visitors over the three days uh, to 2022 where we welcomed 18,000 visitors and we'll look to exceed that 20,000 visitor mark this year if we can whilst also generating uh, in excess of £5 million of economic benefit to the town. Which is great because the ferry's no longer here, so that was like a whole thing as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was a, a kind of a downturn with, with the public perception of Sunra and obviously the, the footfall that now doesn't automatically arrive in Sunra. So, as the Development Trust, we're looking at new projects and, and, and things how we can attract people to Sunra and, and, and celebrate our town, which was something that we're, we're very, very proud of. So, we think we've got we've captured something here that's, that's grasped people's imagination and people are enjoying it, and we'll, we'll, we'll endeavour to keep producing a a wonderful festival for, for many years to come. When is it on? Friday the 15th it kicks off at 6pm with the opening procession. We bring the, the first catch of the season comes in from the Vital Spark. We have a procession led by the local dignitary, a piper and a, a number of youth uh, community groups that lead our procession and that signifies the start of our, our festival. It's passed to a, a, a chap, Alec, Alec Ross, a, a local chap who then performs an ode to an oyster and then it kicks off. Uh, so I uh, really, really good. It's we've got a, we've got a, a kind of a sequence or a program that works for us just now. And uh, yeah, the only thing we need to improve this year is the weather. Because last year it was torrential downpour Friday, Saturday. But someone says that's why you got roofs and marquees, and it didn't didn't detract from the numbers. It didn't detract from people's enjoyment. So yeah, here's hoping. And I've seen on Facebook there's a sort of different fireworks thing. It's not fireworks, it's like a thing going yeah. on in the sky. So previously we would have worked with Stena and utilised the old harbour and had a fireworks display from the end of that. 
we always aim for bigger and better year on year and one of the changes we've, we've, we've introduced this year is uh, as opposed to a firework display we have two light aircrafts that will have a pyrotechnics display uh, they shoot the fireworks from the aircraft I'm led to believe I'll look forward to seeing it and they'll also then take a number of lucky or unlucky whatever your perspective is uh, raffle winners and uh, auction winners of a aerobatic display over Loch Ryan so we have eight, eight of those flights on the Sunday and uh, the two pyrotechnics on Friday and Saturday evening and where can people find out more about it? Uh, they can visit our social media pages, Sonar Oyster Festival or Sonar Development Trust. And we also have our Oyster Festival website, www.sonaroysterfestival.com, where a full programme listing is there and there's also a link to buy tickets for the show. Well, I'm coming along, so I'm looking forward to it and I'm bringing my mad dog as well. So. It's a dog-friendly site, so uh, we look forward to welcoming you and I'm sure you'll have a great time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so the dredger is coming back in. Uh, the boat's speeding up, and yep, you can kind of see the net. You know, it's a to are different sizes. Look, some too big for London, some too small, some babies. That now, obviously, through years of experience. Alcons, but wait. London wants like 80 to 120 grams. Very specific. And you know that just by looking at We don't know, but we have a rough idea. <laughs> is this a good haul? Is it average? Is it bad? What well, it all depends on what you get out for London. Right. I mean, sometimes you can get loads, but there are too small. Sometimes you get loads and there are too big. But this is no bad. Got a bit of everything in it. See, that's how an oyster look. A bigger one with two babies stuck to it. Because an oyster needs something to stick to, or it dies. Right. So they stick to other oysters. And the shells That's why go we back, put the shell in, back right. in. So they can stick to it. Okay. They need something to stick to. If no, the tide just washes them away. They kind of circle in the log for a week to ten days, and then they go back to exactly where they started, and then they settle. But if there's nothing there for them to settle to, they need actually shell to stick to, like that there, or like that there. Look, there's a couple of weeans on there, and all. Yeah. They all need something to stick to. But I mean, there's nothing else there. It says genuinely just oysters. There's all different sizes, right, for a year old to 20 year old. So we just tack out, which is roughly, they grow 10 grams a year. So London went ones between eight and 12 year old. So we just take them out, which is only about five, 6% of what's on the table. And the rest we put back into a bed. And we let, because the big ones are out, we go back there maybe five years later. And then all these smaller ones by that time are now this size because they don't grow very quickly in Scotland. The warmer the weather, the quicker they grow, so they take 10 grams a year, but in Australia and that, they'll grow, three years they'll grow to full size. So how, see, for oysters they spot, they need to be touching, because oysters change sex every year. They're a male yin year and a female the next, but you need two touching, a male and a female, and that can cause millions of spot. But they can't touch if you got, if you got cushions in between them or, you get anything between 50 to 200 oysters at it. We got out of the way so Rab and John could get on with sifting through what we had dredged from the seafloor and the ensuring cleanup was done with speed and precision, though only comes to you after many years at sea. We were shortly back at the harbour and ready to pass our catch on to Chef John Henry. Rab, are you going to the Oyster Festival? 
Aye, aye. We're going at night time. Work through the day and going at night. And are you looking forward to it? Why? I, I like food and I like drink. <laughs> What's not to enjoy? Well, thank you for taking us out. No problem, you're welcome. Looking forward to uh, having some of the oysters and the oyster festival. We set off for Henry's restaurant, one of the most popular in Stranor, with two dozen oysters and an appetite after the fresh sea air. Thank you very much, nice to meet you. So we've got, right, we've got 24 freshly caught oysters and we're looking forward to trying them. Yeah, we'll, Maybe I'll not all you, of them. <laughs> I'll give you a selection of hot and cold. These look good. These are the best. Loch Ryan oysters, they're nice and creamy inside. They are superb quality and 1st of September, the season starts today. John was just finishing up lunch service when we followed him into his kitchen. Right. Right, we've got them here. Uh, I'll need to give them a rinse first. Get the sand off them. But they'll be fine. And I'll open a few for you. There we are. So it's exciting, today's the first day of the season. And do you find people who come here, do they understand like how rare it is to get these in Scotland? Or do they well, do they know about in, the story? In this this in, in Stranraer, the Loch Ryan oysters are pretty famous. Right. And the oyster eaters do appreciate this. They know the story. They know the life cycles. And do you have people coming here specifically for them? We have people that do phone up and they'll book it once they know we have the Loch Ryan oysters. When Lochrae oysters are out of season, we use other oysters, but they don't sell as well. Nowhere near it. So can you tell us a bit about the flavour and why you think it's different? Well, once I'll open one. They're a lovely creamy oyster. They've had their time to, to rest, whatever they do up there in the loch, while the fishermen leave them alone. And they are unique flavours. Just because of the way they're fed here. Oh, here we are. And I'll show you. And you can be first to try one. So that's exciting. Also, yeah. I find you, how you open them really interesting because so, I couldn't do this. I've actually took the point off. So just push in gently. Just in a, in just a wee bit. Twist and remove that membrane in there and up, up it comes. Oh, these are really good. These are the best. So there's no black, this is all nice and uh, the, the colour is lovely. You just scoop it off there. Turn it over for presentation. And is that an oyster pearl? No, it's not. That's Yeah. Okay. It's probably, I don't know, how big would you say that was? That's just a mouthful. I mean, <laughs> definitely had smaller oysters. Actually, the other oysters, off season, when we use other oysters from uh, up the coast, are much bigger. Rock oysters. These are not rock oysters. Rock oysters are like the an elongated shape and they are much bigger. Right. But you're and right, yeah, it's the shape. The shape's different. The shape's different. But these are, they are big. These are round, firm. They're creamy looking. And then, oh, just a splash of whiskey on there. What whiskey would you use? Oh, I would use a, an Isle of Arran. But I don't want to be... So a good malt whiskey, put it that way. A nice malt whiskey, then I'm not advertising. <laughs> then I call, you call that an oyster shot. Yep. So do you find people take them as a shot or can you chew them? 
a lot of people just swallow that over. The best thing is to chew it, it's full of flavour. These are actually full of zinc. This should be giving us a prescription because they're so good for you. <laughs> okay, so do we do we go? Do you, do you want me to eat it? Yeah. They're very easy. You don't want... The previous broadcast we had, he just had three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> oh, don't easy. say that. It's a different. You can, it, you can actually just put cracked pepper on them, which we've got, and Tabasco. But it's also, you're right, the shape is totally different, the shell's totally different, because the other ones, it slides off the shell but like a it's shoe. It's pointed, it's, yeah, 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 well done, well noticed. Right. These are different. Okay. There'll be three thousands of them soon. It tastes really fresh. It tastes like the sea, like what Rab's in. Mm. <laughs> well, if it's the first time, obviously, for you. Well, yeah, for trying them, yeah. yeah. Um, but you will see a difference when I cook them. Can you eat too many? No, you couldn't. Definitely not. You'll, you'll just feel full after a dozen. Some people do eat a dozen. Good luck to them. Will you be entering the oyster eating competition at the Oyster Festival? No. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be, but I recommend you should. No. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. <laughs> Eight oysters, a pint of Guinness, and that's you. You've won. I would say, we're talking about it on the boat. Somebody put the oysters in the Guinness and then downed yeah. that. Yeah. So can you tell us how you're going to cook them? Because we're going to be tasting them once you're finished. Yes, for you, I, what I'll do, I'll open them again. I'll just pat them dry in a towel, season them, and I've got a very, very light, thin batter. And we'll deep fry them for about 30 seconds. And we'll serve them uh, on a plate with maybe chive mayonnaise, and you'll get your Tabasco, and, and then you'll see the difference. Big, huge difference eating cold and hot. Okay, sounds good. We sat at a rather unique table on the front lawn, encased by what might be described as a see-through honeycomb dome. These eye-catching structures caught my eye when we passed on the way to the harbour earlier in the day. Not ten minutes later, John arrived with our catch. Wow, these look good. Yeah, and the cold, sir. Okay. The au natural you've tried. And these are exactly the same, and this is very thin batter with lemon juice and a bit of local ale in the batter and a mayonnaise with some chives and nice. how's that worth trying Perfect. you got tabasco you got tabasco looks amazing thank you welcome enjoy that's really nice it's um still got some of the flavor that you get from the fresh ones but the batter's really nice and it's um it's not as strong a flavor so if you're not so keen on a strong kind of sea seafood flavor then definitely have them cooked Okay, so, John, thank you for the lovely oysters. They were delicious. You're very welcome. You'd really enjoyed them? Really enjoyed them, Good. yeah. And it was really nice to try them, because like I say, I've never tried them before, and the flavour is a little bit different, um, but it was nice to try them both hot and cold. So how long have you been cooking with these oysters? Well, we've been, well, we've been here nine years, so that's how long we've been using the Loch Ryan oysters anyway. They're seriously popular during the winter. And the Stranraer Oyster Festival, how long have you been involved in that? And thankfully we just have a small part, we have a big stall and we take a full kitchen down and we do the giant paellas, a metre pan wide, and we've been doing that for since it opened. We did the first one. Our very first year we had a seafood festival just to promote and then it's went big, so big. And thousands of people will come. So it's good for the local area? It's very good for the economy of the whole area. Um, and it does bring a lot of money, but a lot of recognition to the, 
So is the paella got lots of local seafood in it? It, it has, and it's a, it's massive. One panel feed about 100 people, and it's full of monkfish. And the prawns, the longest eels we get here, and, um, and, and also obviously a lot of oysters and a lot of mussels. It's huge, and, a, and it's a, a big attraction. Do you find that the Oyster Festival brings people back after the festival? I mean, to be honest, I see people here that book for the week ahead, so they have the, the base, the Oyster Festival, around for whole holidays, so they'll come on the Monday and they'll stay to the following Monday, which is good. Well, best of luck with the festival, and I'll make sure and try the paella. I hope, well, I hope to see you. I'll give you a, a free paella from Henry's Bay House. Thank you very much. Very welcome, thank you all very much too. Thanks to my guests on this episode and thanks to you too for listening. I'm really looking forward to attending this year's Stranraer Oyster Festival. Scranraer's Lodgeville podcast is co-produced and hosted by me and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton. 